Welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train, Jared Freed, coming to you live from the Lower East Side of Manhattan, the quarantine cabin. We're here every single day with your quarantine content. That's right, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. That is correct. And all you gotta do is tell a friend. Tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, 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 tell a friend, tell a friend, tell a friend, friend, friend. Tell a friend, 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 rate review. Subscribe right now. That's right. That's how you do it. You tell a friend, they tell a coworker, they tell a brother, they tell a sister, they tell a mama, they tell a papa, anyone with ears, we'll take them. That's all you got to do. And make it your Instagram story. Tag someone in the Instagram post I put. I put up videos every day. All you got to do is tag a bitch. Tag a bitch. All you got to do, sweet baby, is tag a bitch right now. That's all you got to do. Very excited about today's guest. A a first timer on the podcast. I've been trying for a while. We've been trying. We've been doing the scheduling tango that gets done. I'm so pumped to have her here. Katie Dolan, thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's weird. This whole quarantine thing has actually made it easier to do someone else's podcast. Absolutely. This works. Let's do this. I don't have to put on shoes. Mm-mm. I'm it. No, totally. And, and it's it's opened up. And also, I think people have gotten looser to mm-hmm. ask people. Like, I think that kind of happens where you're like, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll toss it out there. It's a Zoom yeah. meeting. Everyone's yeah. got an hour. Yeah. Right. How are I'm you? I'm super excited. It's cool to have you here. I, I, we, so I, I got to say, you're from uh, the, the Boston area as well. Uh-huh. Yeah. Where Framingham, are Massachusetts. Are you a Framingham flyer? I am. Holy shit. I was, I went to Needham High. Ooh. And it's so funny the way things work. Like I, I remember you started doing, if you don't know Katie, you should know her right now. Go follow her on Instagram immediately. You're out of your mind if you don't. At Nady Colon, at Nady Colon. It'll be all over my Instagram. Go follow, go follow. She's hilarious. She has a show on ESPN2, always late with Katie Nolan, that will come back. It'll be back once this I, is all. Know, fingers crossed. Fingers are crossed. I got all my toes crossed. And then has our own podcast called Sports Question Mark. Like sports? Perfect. Uh, and you uh, should all go listen to that because Katie's wonderful. But I have I remember I was starting to do stand-up in New York. And then like my brother, you know, we're from similar areas. Framing, We're from the Bay State Carry Division, the Bay State Conference. So I... <laughs> So I I get sent your YouTube videos. I'm like, oh, she's oh, funny. God. I remember this and being Ugh. like, holy shit. And then you were, you know, you moved to New York. And now, you know, I remember then you did the show with Michael Costa. Crowd goes wild on Fox Crowd- Sports 1. That's right. And, um, and then Michael, I knew him from stand up. And, you know, that's when our paths cross. And I, you know, I probably said the same thing then that I'm saying now. I've, I've been aware and seeing you around and uh, you're hilarious. But uh, it's good. To, and now you're at ESPN. That's got to be. Was that the dream? Is that was that the when you were doing YouTube videos where you're like, this is going to oh be God. an ESPN show? Jared, I would never in a million years have thought I would have gotten a TV job at all. I was just making those because I was like, oh, these are fun. Let's see if I can make them better. And they, you know, I did that for two years every day out of my house and uh, they were pretty bad, but somebody saw them and it became a show at Fox that I was then 
off of that show, I got my own show, and then I got my own show. Like, I can't, every time I'm, I think about what I do now, I'm like, how the hell did I get here? So, no, that was I not mean, the goal. It was not the end game, sure. but it's still pretty sweet, and I'm very happy. And I guess mm -hmm. we'll just, you know, it's what kind of fun to live your life this way. That's why when something comes up, you're like, oh, that's neat. I'll try that. I know. I mean, like, listen, we're going to answer some dating advice questions. Someone wrote me on Instagram. They're like, why do, because, like, someone might follow me on Instagram just because they follow me from something else, and they're like, why do you? Why do people send you their dating questions? I was like, I have no I fucking know. clue. I don't know because how the, this. But that's why it's because nobody knows. Because yeah. you can, when you get dating advice, the best thing to do is just ask like eight different people and then be sure. like, okay, now I have eight options. Because like, no one's really an expert. And anybody who says they are is insane. I abs. There's no such thing as I get. Sometimes people are like, and now dating expert, Jerry. I'm mm -hmm. like, that is the most, anyone who calls himself a dating expert is usually someone who's put themselves in bad positions of dates so yes. that they have stories to tell people and yes. they end up being the, the the and the thing about going to eight people for advice you do also realize what's fun good advice and what's mm. someone not listening to your problem yes you, you know so what, yes. what were you doing when you were doing the youtube videos what was your job what were you doing so I was, uh, I, so I, there was this website called Guyism. It's no longer a website, yep. but it's like in the bro Bible family of sure. stuff. And they had found a blog that I was writing at the time because I wanted to be like my own little version of Barstool. And so they found the blog that I was writing and they asked me to write for them. So I was like, cool. Um, yeah. They didn't pay me. It was one of those like, exposure. We'll send people to your blog. Of course. And I was like, yeah, someday I'll figure out how That's to do That's what I'm Google. paying you with today. Yes. Thank you. And I appreciate <laughs> it. And I'll take all of it. Uh, but like, I didn't know how to use Google AdSense. So it really wasn't helping me. But then eventually the guy who ran, um, who ran Guyism was like, uh, we want to start doing this daily YouTube series where you just run through headlines of the day and tell jokes. Yeah. Um, so can you do that? And I was like, no, I don't do on camera stuff. So I, I just like to write. And they were like, well, we'll pay you. It was $750 a month, which at the time was my rent in Boston. And I was bartending. So I was like, oh, great. All my bartending money will just be me money. And I can use this to, I was like, fine, I'll try it. Crazy. So it was just, uh, it was like weekend update, not, but like significantly less funny. And then um, I did that. For they were funny. I remember, years. but I remember getting sent Ugh. the videos and being like, oh, these are funny. And like, you're doing them every day. Like, every that's day. The thing. But the YouTube, like that world, like people love the consistency. You made your own TV station. That's like an, like when people are like, well, where do I put my video? Uh, the same fucking place you put it yesterday and then do it again tomorrow again. You know, like I, people ask about podcasts. When do I, wh what do I do for a podcast? Uh, do it every, every week and get people's on people's schedule. You know, it seems weird to look back. I could never go back to open mics right now. Yeah. Like I, I, I think about going to a bar at 4 PM and I'm like, what are you fucking crazy? Like, you know, like, but now it's like, it's very cool to see it. Like come to for wish a little Thank bit. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's wild. And every time I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, no, you did this for two years. It's like, it doesn't yeah. feel like I know what I'm doing, but you still have to give yourself credit for the weird. I don't know. It's weird. Everything's weird. It's, it's weird to think like what got you off the couch then, but now like this is, I mean, look at we're doing this over Zoom um, during a pandemic. There's nothing that's not weird. Yeah. Um, so now sports, the podcast, explain that. Give me the one minute explanation so people oh, can go God. listen and add it to their library. It's uh, it's so we're under the ESPN umbrella, obviously. So it's sports related. Um, 
but it's just as much sports related as it has to be for them to let us keep the podcast. It's me, okay. two of my producers, Ashley and Jay, uh, and we just, uh, you know, talk about, we're not breaking down defenses, but we talk about like sports adjacent news. Um, so what do you funny. think of Gronk? Do we have to? You got to come in so hot right off the top, Needham. I don't think we need to talk about Gronk. Listen, I I I got to talk about because I want to know how old are you, Katie? Uh, I'm 33. So I'm 35. We're around the same age, and you probably like me, like yo Tom Brady's Uncle Tom at this point. Like he has Mm. been a part of our lives. How do you feel? What is it? Is it going to be weird, Gronk? Are you? Give me your feeling because I have my feelings. I know, I know, like, I'm like, I'm in the acceptance phase. Yeah. So I was going to say, I went through all the phases with Tom yeah. um, because at first, you know, weirdly, denial came first because during the Super Bowl when there were all these rumors and then he had that commercial came, come out where he's like, I'm not going anywhere. I was like, he's not leaving. And there were all these reports that he was definitely going to leave. I remember Jeff Darlington, my coworker at ESPN, saying, like, if he ends up with the Patriots, I'll be shocked. And I was like, what mm. is he talking about? There's just no way even, he's going to leave. Just even that sentence is jarring to jarring. hear. Because that guy, I was 13 years old or 15 years old, whatever age I was, when he goes 2001. So I'm... 15 years old he goes to his first uh, wins his first super bowl you're like that 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 guy's been in your life since yeah. you were 14 years old 13 years old like that to hear like well maybe he won't be back like what dad's yeah. coming home yeah he, he's not he's just going out for a pack of cigarettes he'll yeah. be right back yeah uh no but it was that's why it was so crazy when i listened to his introductory press conference with the bucks when he did that conference call and he was like talking around questions that were being asked of him um i out loud because i just was like you know cleaning my house or getting ready for something and had my phone on listening to his conference call he said something and i said oh fuck you and then i immediately oh. like what? I just said fuck <laughs> you to Tom Brady? If you asked me if I would ever say that to yeah. Tom Brady, I would never because like he's Tom fucking Brady. Sure. And I just got to this point with him where it was just like, shut up. I got yeah. so mad. So I went through the denial. I went through the anger. And at this point, I'm not going to say I'm like rooting for him in the sense that I want him to win or beat us. But like, you know, I hope it doesn't go poorly for him because that would be he's had an incredible <laughs> career. He's given yeah. us a lot. I As know Patriots all fans. those He's memories, all we've ever wanted, and then some. Of course, and 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 you can't be we we can't be personally we can't be personally offended that his timeline didn't match up with our timeline. Right. Like that's right. the thing you have to remind. Yeah, and he he may have gone there for a million different reasons: money, uh, you know, a different coach situation, one who's known to be a lot more lenient and to let guys have sure. days off in the twilight of his way past in the midnight of his career. Likes uh, himself a drink at midday. Yeah, sure. Maybe he uh, maybe he's super into Tampa fashion. I don't know what <laughs> that is. I think it's just like spray painted beach T-shirts. But like, sure. And trucker hats. May, exactly. You know, maybe he wanted to prove that he can do it without Belichick. And all of that's fine. Point is, I don't want I don't think he deserves for his – if it goes poorly, I'm not necessarily going to be happy like you would with, a, with an yeah, ex I, when you break up and you want him to go have a shitty relationship and realize sure. how great you were. I don't want that for Tom. But I'm no. not like out here being like, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay now. The Gronk thing was just icing on the cake. I, I, I t- the Gronk thing, I totally agree with you. It's funny because like 
I think it depends on your age. I really mm. do. I didn't. I wasn't just asking your age for no reason. Like I think well. like you have some younger Patriots fans that like have never known losing or maybe don't know how special the run was. It just became mm. normal. And I do think of it like a dad who went through a midlife crisis and this was the divorce that you saw coming. Yeah. Like now Brady's wearing, you know, the 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 loud shirt with the paisley cuffs <laughs> and and he's like, well he, he got into a weird fitness routine. He starts he's hanging out with new friends. like orange, he's at orange theory like yeah. this is my day workout of the day. I'm really getting into orange theory. I, I met a teacher there and it's like, "What, mm. dad?" You met a teacher. He calls, you him, talk he calls to people? them kettlebells. He's like, I'm using those kettlebells. And you're like, yeah, That's kettlebells, yeah. Dad. It's and, not. And we kind of saw it for a few years, like uh, the avocado ice cream thing. You hear that? You go, Ugh. yeah, dad just is into new stuff. And yeah. then the, the divorce came and it's like, okay, I love you, dad. I wish you the best. I hope you enjoy you and your new girlfriend are doing okay. I hope she doesn't steal all your money. But I hope that like you guys can be classy while you do it. So like I, I do hope this goes like two years and it's like forgotten time. Like I do hope for that. Like I, I hope yeah. I, I, I don't I want them to like lose in the AFC in the NFC, like maybe the NFC like championship. I, that yeah, would be the that's best. Let I would get have. that far. Don't let's just not have him face us in a Super Bowl. I don't know. Yeah. The Gronk the thing made it just a bummer. The Gronk thing was stupid because it was like all last season. He kept teasing that maybe he'll come back. Yeah. And I knew, you know, Gronk is, you know, three things about him and you know everything about him basically from what I've interacted with him. And it's like every time he said it, I'm like, I know he's just joking. I know he's just joking because he wants to get people all riled up and I have no issue with that. But like sure. to do that and and to do it so many times, especially when, boy, could we have really benefited from having Gronk come back last season. He would have been helpful all, last season. Yeah, to do that all season and then this season be like, I am going to come back and I'm going to go to Tampa. It was like, yeah. what? The most Gronk place on planet Earth. Like, I mean, really. No, nobody makes more sense in a city than Gronk. But good for like, him. I mean, he he needs it after he went in. He invested heavily in the cruise ship industry just in time for it to be pretty much wait, done. Did he? He had a Gronk. I mean, he had the Gronk cruise. The Gronk it came cruise, out a couple years that. ago. Yeah. I feel like maybe he was thinking that was going to be his, other than WWE wrestling, that would be his post-football well, you know, he did, he was he did a lot, you know that he did the Jay Leno speech where he always told people he never spent a paycheck. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like I've you only know, spent my endorsement money, never my paycheck. A, yeah, the, Jay Leno will remind you. That's how you know Jay Leno is fucked up about money. Every 5 seconds he's always like, "Yo, I never spent my paycheck." You're like, "Okay, we heard it a thousand it. times. Get we it. get it." It's well, not like I don't look at Gronk. I'm like, "Oh, good. You can be my financial planner." That's not <laughs> No, I don't. I'm not going to him for my mutual fund advice. No. I I super pumped to have you here, Katie. Let's do some emails. You ready? I am so ready. I this is so fun for me. Love it. Uh everyone needs to go follow Katie at Nady Colon. Go go go. Always late with Katie Nolan coming back to ESPN2. Sports. That's the podcast. Difficult to search. Sports with a question mark. Go, go, go. Katie's fantastic. Exes won't stop reaching out during pandemic. Ooh. 
Jared, can you give me some advice on the best course of action when an ex reaches out to you during this time of quarantine? I've had two exes, one from a year ago and one from three years ago, reach out with the typical want to make sure you and your family are doing okay during this time. I don't want to respond rudely because of what's going on, want to be humane, but also have no interest in sparking up conversation or letting us letting them use the crisis to find a way back in. Please help. Katie, have you had this happen? Are people, the DMs, are they blowing up? Give us your experience on this topic. I have not had this happen yet. Um, but I will say, I was try- I was re- listening to that email trying to think of it as I'm the woman, as I'm mm. the ex reaching out. Because I have an ex that I genuinely was worried about who I was going to text, but then I was like, Oh, maybe he'll think I'm trying to chat and I'm not sure. Um, so like my take on it was if that, if I had sent a similar, when you bring up someone's family, that's usually like you're, you're either being a manipulative asshole or you're genuinely saying, I hope you and your family are doing well. Sure. Um, Sure. Sure. If I got that text or if I sent that text and what I got back was like, we're good. Thanks for checking in. Hope your family's doing great too. If that was it, uh, then I'd be like, that- perfect. That went exactly how I wanted it to go. And then I would leave it. Uh, if she doesn't leave it there, yeah. if you respond with like, we're good. Thank you so much for checking in. Hope your family's doing well. And she responds with like, how's your mom? I know she loves, you know, to go outside for walks. She must be struggling. If she tries to keep going. Then you shut it down. You don't have to be rude. Yeah. Just don't answer. Yeah, yeah I, I, I'm with you. Um, it is interesting. Like, you, I always, you know, the honest one always gets fucked over. Mm. And and it's like in this situation where, just like you said, what you said is so perfect. You're like, unless they're being manipulative. And it's like, that's what she's most worried about. You're most mm. worried about the, be- the biggest piece of shit. Right. Like, this is a nice text. Want to make sure you and your family are doing okay during this time. That's a nice thing to write. But that's a can of worms you just opened. Yeah. Just like you said, if I send that to an ex, they'd be like, well, what does that mean? Does that mean something else? Does it? And it's like that person, obvi- you can only, if I'm, if I'm this person getting that message, you have to reassure yourself of everything you feel about this person. Right. I think because I think everyone, because, what, because it's so easy to get, oh, how's your mom doing? I know your mom gets scared during pandemics. Uh, like, Famously. <laughs> famous. She's always been a That's germaphobe. one of her personality traits. Yeah, she's been crazy a big, pandemic Pam. Uh, pandemic Pam, just always talking about not shaking hands. And I would say, you, you know, you have to say to yourself, like, hey, we are done. I will answer. I will answer nicely. Mm. I will answer once. I think that's what you have to promise yourself because the minute you get three texts down, mm-hmm. what what a lot of people want to do with an X is to just get their last awful text off the screen. Yeah. So they're just trying to push up the go fuck yourself text to leave the screen because I notice that with negative stuff on Twitter yeah. that if I have a negative response – the minute it leaves my screen is the minute I feel fine. Yeah. So that's the same with exes. The minute it leaves your screen is the minute you start to forget. Oh, I, I, I guess we did tell each other to go fuck them or uh, go fuck yourself after he fucked me one more time and didn't call me back. Like you're gonna forget that. So yeah. you need to write back with all these people. You write back once. You write back nicely. 
That is it. But also, yeah, because wh- but she was. It's a woman who wrote the email, right? It's a woman who wrote it. Yeah, a so guy reached said, out to her. Yeah, so she said like, I don't want to be rude and whatever. And and here's the kind of great thing is that you don't have to be. You can be perfectly kind once, mm-hmm. and then if he reaches back out and then he doesn't, and then he keeps going, he's going to get rude eventually when you ignore him. Yeah. He's gonna take it there. So then you can respond to his rudeness with, look, I don't want to get in. It was very nice of you to reach out. I don't think we need to rehash any of the old stuff. I was trying to avoid that. So let's just move on. Thank you for reaching out. Like he's going to get mad by you not responding. So let him get angry first. Let him get rude. You respond to rude. You don't approach with rude. Right. Yeah. Just go in there, be kind and then leave it. And if he's a, if he genuinely was just checking on you and your family, then he's then he's going to leave you alone. But, but this is a one and done more, situation. And if it's done. more than one text, now you know where it's going. Stop yeah. answering. I love that. We are sponsored, people. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Postmates. Postmates, with everyone stuck at home and every day feeling just like the last. If you're like me, you probably start thinking about what to eat for dinner while you're eating lunch. I mean, I'm thinking about dinner the moment I wake up in the morning. I'm thinking about dinner while I'm eating dinner. The most exciting part of the day is when a fancy new sandwich arrives at the door. I love food. That's why I love using Postmates. I, lo- I do enjoy Postmates. It's been, Postmates has been my nice assistant through this whole quarantine shenanigan. You know, if you want to know what's open in the area, Postmates lets you know. But I kind of love them more even more right now because I can get food delivered without leaving the house or even opening the door. Ooh, that's right. Given what's going on in the world, they created non-contact deliveries. So now when I order from local restaurants, everything gets left right outside my door. They also have Postmates pickup. I mean, it is kind of interesting that at one point, this is kind of the future we all wanted anyways. We all wanted Postmates to not look us in the eye and as they saw how much we ordered. They like you know that moment with the Postmates person where they're like, "So, do you need utensils for thirty? Now you don't have to worry about that anymore. They'll just drop it out of your door. No judgment. They also have Postmates pickup, which I've been using to order takeout from my favorite local restaurants. Those mom and pop shops you love need support now using Postmates helps. In these times, it's no longer about burgers and sushi. They actually make my life easier by picking up everything I need from Walgreens and 7-Eleven and dropping it off outside my door. That's huge, people. Just download Postmates on iOS or Android, find your favorites, and get anything you want delivered within the hour. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100. Yeah, you heard me correct. $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. This is a deal, people. Free money. To start your free deliveries, download the app. Use code JTRAIN, JTRAIN, JTRAIN. That's code JTRAIN for $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days when you download the Postmates apps. Anything you need, anytime you need it, post made it. So go get that offer now, people. Podcast at gmail.com. Podcast at gmail.com. Here with Katie Nolan at Nady Colon. Go, go, go. Go follow right now. I like this one because it's a very real problem. There's a little bit of a long email. You ready? I'm ready. So I'm single living in Tennessee. I was born and raised here. My parents are from the deep south. 
So I have a pretty basic Southern family. I'm independent, have a career, own my own place, etc. I'm the only single person in my friend group, so I frequent the dating apps often. But I'm having trouble with the selection of men. They are immature 30-year-olds, hardcore religious, or I don't know a nicer way of putting this, redneck. I live in a college town, and it feels like the single men who are my age, 29 plus, are stuck in their college days. Mm. It's impossible to have a conversation with them because of the immaturity. It could be the nature of the dating apps, but like, grow, but, but like, damn, grow up. And if I do finally find a man who seems to be mature and checks all the boxes, they end up being too nice in a creepy way and or very religious, which I don't have any problem with. It's just not for me. It's so hard dating in the South when you're not super religious. I've met guys that I have great connections with. And then they say something like, what church do you go to? Or I don't think it's appropriate to curse. And the connection is immediately Oof. lost. Ooh, can you imagine someone no. saying, hush, yeah. hush, miss, we, we do not speak like that in the way of you the Lord. You kiss your mother with that mouth? Like, <laughs> oh, no, I don't kiss my mom. I'm 33. Yeah, yeah, I French her right after I tell her to go fuck herself. Um, I feel like I shouldn't have to explain to men that I like, uh, or and the connection is immediately lost. I feel like I shouldn't have to explain to men that I like to say shit, fuck, bitch, damn, when I'm introducing myself. But in the Bible Belt, you have to put that out there before things progress. I listen to all these podcasts where people are talking about meeting men on apps, and I'm like, what magical city do you live in? I don't live in a small town. There has got to be a man out there who isn't wearing rebel flag belts or preaching to me about why COVID is a sign of the end time. Times. Oh, I don't want to babysit a 30 year old who parties all the time either. When I bring the issue up to anyone in my family, they just tell me I might find someone at church if I start going. Mm. My friends are no help because they're married with babies. I work in an all female industry, so there's no meeting guys at work. I feel like everyone is either far right or far left, and I'm just sitting in the middle doing my own thing and hoping to find a guy who is nice and doesn't mind that I have a sailor's mouth and that I sleep in on Sundays. I'm a pretty easygoing girl. I don't think I'm picky but who knows at this point i'm proud of my southern roots and love where i live i just feel like some of my values are not the same as a lot of the guys i meet on the apps help does anyone else have this issue how do you meet men outside of the church or apps what is it like outside of the south um will i have to move before i can find someone i need all the advice i love this email oh my god fantastically written her problem is very she's very aware i get it um, I understand that she might be listening to like a podcast like this where it's like this guy, you know, like I understand. I, I get it. I understand. Katie, do you have thoughts? What are your initial reaction? Get, initial me. reaction. First of all, girl, if you're listening, I love you. You're okay. You're doing okay. A yeah. lot of you own your own house. Yeah. A lot of this stuff is feeling like, um, if you're not getting the response that maybe you're putting out the wrong message and I, that's not what's happening with you. You mm -hmm. seem like you've got a good head on your shoulders. Yeah. We're in a, a very difficult situation, which is like you're in a, you're in a, an area where, and I don't want, it's not this black and white, but there's a lot of like, you're religious or you're not. And if you're yeah. not, you're like, I drink, I party, I go out, I smoke. And if you're religious, you're more responsible. But it's very hard to find the guy who isn't super religious yeah. in the South and is like, has a good head on his shoulders and just wants to settle down with the girl. Like, also, that not, to, not to interrupt, but I, I think an, an also important fact from the email, she's in a college town. Yeah. So while it might feel like a big town because college towns have everything 
I could like I I I went around all these college towns two years ago, and you can find an Orange Theory in any town that yeah. has a college. So they have all the living necessities that we would have in Manhattan, but it is still a small town. You don't have you know other than professors and maybe doctors. It's tough to find someone who's like upwardly mobile and not moving to the town to be kind of around the college bars. It's, I, I would understand how that's tough. Yeah. Like I, when we, uh, when I graduated, I went to Hofstra on Long Island and there was mm-hmm. like a couple guys who were bouncers slash bartenders at the shitty garbage bars we went to around campus that stayed there after they graduated because that life, you could just keep living it as if yeah. you were in college still, even when you're not. And like the allure of that is really hard to say goodbye to. Like even when a I moved college- and I went back to, I went to Alston, which is like a, it's in Boston. It's like right yep. outside of Boston. So there's like a bunch of bars there and like BU, BC, all those schools like go to these bars. And like, I got kind of stuck up in that for a minute. Cause I was like, Oh, it's like Neverland. Like you don't have yeah. to grow up. You can kind of just stay in this weird period of irresponsibility. Just hanging at scary ends. Yeah, and- exactly. <laughs> just working at the white horse tavern. Yeah. I, 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 and also like, you're never really, the thing that makes you grow up is realizing you're a loser mm. and it's really until your hair is gray, as long as you look young, you're not a loser in a college town. You yeah. can always live on, you can always be good, live on the idea of future success. I'm going to do this. I'm yeah. going to do that. And people will listen to you in New York city. Someone goes, what do you do? They right. don't say, what are you going to do? So like, you know, Joe, Joe Bouncer, who decides not to graduate Hofstra and sticks around town, he's still Joe Bouncer who's strong enough to throw out people. So he's doing yeah. OK. Well, because if you surround yourself with people who are at the time in their life where they're planning on what they're going to do in the future, nobody yeah. knows to ask you the questions about what you're doing now. They look, yes. they perceive you. They haven't had any experiences yet. So they don't yeah. know what experiences to ask you about because they're still waiting to get, it's like somebody who's never been on a plane waiting on li- in line to get on a plane, asking you questions about the plane. They don't know what to ask. Yeah. So if you just say you're going to get on the plane too, then that sounds right to them. But once they've what? been on the plane, they're like, you know, they're like, it does it have a, is there leg room? Are you yes. uh, in an exit seat? Like then, you know, the things to ask. And it's like yeah. people in a city adults, when you surround yourself with working adults, you realize you're falling behind. But if you stay mm. in a college town, you can still feel like you're ahead because you're older. It's that the, there's been a bunch of studies about like the way the world works now and how it incentivizes men, especially, but I would say most people to like delay growing up. Sure. And like some of it I'd say is bullshit. Some of it I'd say is it, but like, that in a college town is like times a hundred. You're just being I mean, incentivized to stay immature. The incentive to delay growing up as a man is, I completely hear that. Like mm-hmm. I, I like, I see it. I just moved in with my girlfriend. Like the, you know, the steps Before quarantine are, or because of quarantine during it, we were planning on moving in mm-hmm. and then, and then just, this was, this kind of happened around us. Yeah. And you know, the, the, the steps are in front of me. Like, People, when you start dating someone, so when are you guys going to be together? Are, is this serious? Yeah, it's serious. When are you going to move in? Mm-hmm. Hey, we moved in. When are you going to get engaged? Oh, we got engaged. When are you going to get married? When are you going to have kids? When are you going to move to the suburbs? When are you going to, you know, the, the, and I understand as a guy, you're put in the position of like, okay, 
when it's always it's a little bit on you a little bit like it feels mm-hmm. like like you're the one like that's agreeing to terms that have so i understand the, the staying in college town thing and i do get where she's seeing one extreme or the other how does she figure out how to meet better guys in this situation because she owns a home she's yeah. doing fine yeah. she's just she's meeting religious dude or college left behind guy mature dude my my first thought was move it's the most basic and i'm sure there's a million reasons that she can't uh so but i'm just gonna throw that out there the first thing that comes to mind is like you know you you own a house but you can sell it and buy a different one um if that's not an option for you which probably or she can rent it out yeah i don't know you can figure it out but get it seems like if you get out of a college town it'll be better for you in the long run um Mm -hmm. If she has to stay there, the other piece of advice I was just thinking of that doesn't help her with meeting guys, but it might help her with the guys that she's already meeting. When I went to college on Long Island, at first I got there and it was like a culture shock to me because I'd never met anybody from Long Island. And they're very unique, the way they talk, the way they interact with each other, the clothes they wear, like what their style was, was all so different to me. And at first I was like, I don't think I like anybody here and I don't think anyone here would like me. And then after a couple of years of you realize like, oh, I'm stuck here. I better make the best of it. I learned to um, accept the things about people that I don't like, but not let it rule them out mm. and then get to appreciate the parts of them that I do like or that I can relate to. So like I have friends now that are my friends from college that like if they met all the people I know now, they'd be like, we all have nothing in common. But I'm like, yeah, sure. but you I, like I love this about you. I didn't yeah. understand your fashion tastes or like the fact that you like to go to clubs and get bottle service or like any yeah. of the things about you. those I didn't understand, but I don't judge you on them. I just still let you be my, like I still let you into my life and yeah. befriended you and like found the things I do like about you, like the music that you listen to or this thing or whatever. So I think that in any situation, if somebody's like, whether it's religion or something, try to look past the bad and try to find some good. I don't think you're going to find a, a long-term partner that way, but you will learn a lot of stuff about yourself and about other people that will help you later in your life. Absolutely. To add to that, yeah. let me add one thing to that because I think what you're saying, a lot of it, her email, she's like, I, everyone's on the right or left and I'm just sitting here in the middle. Let me just let her know you're not alone. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of more people like you. So if you come at, if someone says to you, well, I go to church on Sundays, that doesn't automatically mean, mean they're not in the middle. Mm. That doesn't automatically mean they can't see the good in you and you can see the good. Oh, well. And so I think when you hear someone goes to church and you do this, like, here we go. Hell and brimstone. Yeah. Like they read that on you. They feel that on you. And, and it's like, instead of like, Oh really? Oh, how many times a month do you go? And then they go, well, I go every week. Oh, Oh my God. I, I haven't gone since childhood. Like that's a more giving back and forth than, okay, God freak. Let's hear it. You know, yeah, like, because it, like you can, in, in situations like this, you can tend to like, Oh, I met a guy. He seems really cute and normal. I bet he's going to say something that's going to rule him out. And then you sort of get into this negative loop of like, you're confirming your own, you're looking for it. You know, I don't know if that's what she's doing, but I I do think she's got to break out of it a a little bit. She's in the negative loop. I'm going to read a part of her email that stuck out to me. When I bring this issue up to any one of my family, they just tell me I might find someone at church if I start going. 
Stop telling your family. Your family will never understand. Your parents met in, a, in Mayberry and uh, there was two other chicks in the town to fuck. You're in a different world. Stop asking your parents. That's They're never going to understand. Ever. You're never going to make them understand. They told you to go to church. They don't even know who the fuck you are. Okay, so stop asking your parents. Uh, my friends are no help because they're married with babies. That is wrong, wrong, because the most interesting person in the friend group is the single person. Yeah. The friends with babies, they might like talking about baby stuff. What I've noticed with my friends with babies is they all talk about their baby stuff to get it out of the way to let each other know that they're doing okay, that they're not animals and they haven't suffocated their kids in the car with no windows. And then they go, okay, Jared, what's going on in your life? Because they want to know the juice. They want to hear the... Because you are living in the land of variables, which is fun. We don't want to live in that land forever, but you're living in it now. So you are interesting to your friends. You are a story worth telling. So you need to go to your friends with babies and you need to go hang with them. You need to do Zoom happy hours. You need to get them together for fun shit. You need to let them know. You need to do a PR campaign. Because what this person needs to do is let her friends know that you're the most fun fucking person and a guy should be lucky to be set up with you. Because the minute, I think you need to do more of that. If you go to your friends, I work in an all-female industry. Well, all those women have husbands. Yeah, all that's those women, the other thing. All those women have husbands. All those women have husbands who have friends. Yes. They, everyone has husband, 200 Instagram followers. And everybody has a, a single friend and that's actually a good thing. If you've got a husband, if your friend is married to someone and that person has a friend, that means that guy, that anonymous guy, has married friends, which means he's yep. starting to feel the pressure to grow up because his that's friends right. are married, which means he's going to be more mature than a random guy you find on an app who you don't know if all of his friends are married or if he's only hanging out with college kids. So Absolutely. if you get a friend of your married friend's husband, Get set up on a date. Maybe he also, sucks. Maybe he's religious, too religious for you. Maybe he's bad. But he, you, you meet him, and then you find out who he knows. Then you go find his friends. Sure, and you it, just keep well, branching out. But this is where this all starts at like ground zero. And and Katie, you couldn't be more right because. If I was to set you up with someone, I would go, oh, she loves sports. She's fun. She's, she's hilarious. Uh, you you got to go out with her. I would do the rundown. Mm. Now, when you go hang out with your friends with babies and your friends on the Zoom happy hour and your friends' husbands, your friends on those happy hours, the only interesting thing to talk about are, is you. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. You know who was there? Uh, blankety blank. And she's so much fun. We had such a good time. Who are your friends that are single? Who and and so I think what she has to do this can feel like a big task. You're like I'm alone in Tennessee. Yep. Everyone loves God or they love Natty Light. What the fuck do I do? So all you have to do, you go to your friends and you be the most fun friend. Tell them stories, make them laugh, have a good time with them. Then you end it with and I'm out there. Let me know if you guys know anyone. Make a joke about it. Let me know if you know anyone because I'm down. All those people have husbands who know people who know your friend and they're going to be your vetting process. They're the ones that are going to know they're more also, about those people. They're also going to set you up on shitty dates. Yeah. They're also going to have a friend who they like know that you'll help him turn his life around. Sure. Know to, like recognize that. Know when you're Absolutely. on a date that you're like, oh, you guys want me to fix this guy because this guy can't get his shit together. I'm not here for fix me uppers. No. But like you'll meet a couple bad ones, but maybe you'll meet a really, really good one. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast. That at- made me so sad. 
Why? I'm just we so just helped her. her. No, I, but I don't know if we did because the actual question of how do I meet people outside of apps is like, I um, I, is, I don't know the answer to that question. Well, I got out of a relationship and, and I'm now, thank God, back in another one that's like really perfect. But like, I He's right I next was, to you. I can feel it. No, he just got back no. from walking the dog. <laughs> uh, but like there was um, there was a moment there where I was on an app and I was like, this yeah. sucks. Well, here here's what I'll say about that. The I, I do get why you're sad. We just gave her the best advice you could ever give her. I, I don't know. I, but, but our advice is diet and exercise. You know, diet and exercise takes a couple years. Yeah. It takes time. True. So it's, it, it is a sadder outlook. I want to give like, her five minute abs. I don't want to give her diet <laughs> well, and exercise. Five minute abs is the dating apps. I want to give it don't her work. the it ain't like, long term. little belt you wear that like burns your fat off for you. The, yeah. I want to give her one the of The one that only fat people seem to wear. During that time period. One one last thing for her. If you have friends from times in your life that moved to somewhere else that live in cities or live in not rural Tennessee or non-college towns, once the teen is over, maybe plan a trip to go see them and check out the apps there. Well, well, I I think... I'm telling her to get away from the apps. Be fun okay. with your friends. I, I I'm with you. I that's good advice. Friends, it's solid cities, advice, but not apps. But but friends, I think at a certain age, you want guy in the wedding party. Mm. You want guy trusted to get the right cummerbund. Mm. You don't want just any guy. Like you and and I think, you know, for her. The first move is being fun with those old relationships. And now with Zoom and this quarantine, it's a good time to reopen old relationships that, of people that you loved and liked. And yeah. everyone knows 200 people. Everyone's going to be able to say. And and I think, like, I don't want to set up someone that, that always is like, who do you got? Who do you got? Yeah. Who do you got? Ooh, yeah. I want to set up the person that comes to the party and is like, yeah, I'm out there. I'm having fun, but you should hear this bad dating story. And then it's funny on the dating story. Then at the end of it, I go, I got to find someone. I, I I think, you know, getting out of that app. Yeah, you're thing, right. The app is the easy answer. And that, that that's why it actually, it, it's like a, it's like a pillow, but I think the friends is a long-term solution. I keep, I'm trying to think of where I met all of my last boyfriends. Like I'm scanning my relationships. I'm like, man, I've met almost every guy I've dated through work. Really? Isn't that weird? Is that weird? It's not weird. Work, it takes down all the walls. It lets people talk to you. Yeah. And it lets and you, you just, talk and to I them. And work, I work all the time. So like I see them all the time. One was at a bar. One was at, at, at Fox. And then one was, you know, this one was just, he, at work i don't know Just, it's weird it's work. i don't think it's so weird because at work you're like i i think also work there's no like sex first mm. work is always like hey we're gonna do the work and then it's like especially for men where you like get rid of that stuff mm. off the table you're like yeah it's a good point. you walk in going oh i this is don't be inappropriate don't be yeah, inappropriate yeah, and you're work, like yeah. and then you finally talk like a human being yeah. Like that helps. Maybe Let's she has do- to get out of her all female industry. I don't know. I hope you're doing okay. I hope she does all right. I think I she's going to be so fine. Much. We are sponsored, people. Feels. J Train is brought to you by Feels CBD. I got to say, it's a stressful time. We're all having nights and days where we have that moment and it hits you like a ping, just a little stab in your brain that goes, 
What's going to happen tomorrow? What's going to be going on next week? What's going to be the year ahead, my life ahead? And that's okay. It, it, that's human. But I got to say, I've been taking feels. I've signed up. I started with them because they sponsored the podcast. And now it's a part of my daily ritual. It's a part of my day. And I do feel e like I'm easing through the day. I just, I don't get that ping when I'm, when I'm using feel CBD. And I'm not sure how it's going to feel for you or what's going to be for you. But I will say... I wasn't a believer, and now I am, and I'm. it's a part of, I brush my teeth, I take my feels, I take my multivitamin, on with my day, and I'm going through it smooth, baby. If you feel a little anxious or ever can't fall asleep, you're not alone. We all feel that way, and that's why you should try Feels CBD. Feels is premium CBD delivered directly to your doorstep. If you've never tried CBD before, let me demystify, you, uh, de demystify it for you. Let me help you out. It will not get you high. It just makes you feel a little bit more relaxed and nothing more. Yeah, it's a real, again, this is how your day feels. The way, the way I say the word easy. Easy. That's what it feels like. There's no high hangover addiction. Feels gets to work fast. Just put a few drops on your tongue and boom, you'll be feeling the difference within minutes. If you've never tried CBD and are a little nervous, feels is a great place to start. I was unsure about it. I said in the beginning, not my cup of tea. But they make the dosage very clear. I would tell you start with the lowest dose and work your way up until you feel right. And if you're not sure, they'll hold your hand. They have a hotline with real humans you can call anytime. That's that's great. Once you add CBD to your life, you're not you're going to want to make it a regular part. I have. I have made it a part of my life. Feels helps me feel my best, and it can help you too. Special for my listeners, if you become a member today by going to feels.com slash JTrain, you'll get 50, 50, 50% 50 off your first order with free shipping. That's feels, F-E-A-L-S dot com slash JTrain to become a member and get 50% automatically taken off your first order with free shipping. One more time for the people in the back. Feels, F-E-A-L-S, feels.com slash J-Train for 50% off and feel better. J-Train podcast at gmail.com, J-Train podcast at gmail.com. Katie Nolan, sports, that's the podcast, sports question mark, go, 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 at Nady Colon. Question for the J-Train podcast. Hello, Jared, I love your comedy. Hope you'll include Italy in your Europe tour. Woo! Ciao, ragazzi! <laughs> anyway, I've been texting someone from Tinder for a month now. And Ooh. since we talk a lot, it's kind of hard not to share stuff that one shouldn't share this early on. Do I really have to try and be mysterious or does the fact that we're quarantined indefinitely allow us to talk about each other's childhood trauma and whatnot? Uh, what do we think? Are you allowed to be more open? Do you have a have you ever like held back in the beginning? Uh, yeah, I was just gonna say this is a terrible question for me because I've never followed the rules of like don't tell them too much, stay mysterious. I've, I've everything I have ever done or thought is on the internet. First of all, but sure. second of all, I just don't. Um, I don't. I'm not good at it. I, when yeah. I try to be mysterious, people think there's like something medically wrong with me. Like, why aren't you talking? <laughs> Is everything okay? I'm like, what? It doesn't, I don't wear mysterious well. I'm awkward the and I talk too much. Also, I don't trust, as a guy, I don't trust mysterious. Like, yeah. I, like I, I just want to hear the story. Like, I don't, like, I, I think when I'm like, I'm like, oh, so do you have any brothers and sisters? And they were like, 
you'll hear of my sister one day. <laughs> I'll be like, all right, okay, this sounds fucking scary and I don't want to talk about it anymore. Like, I think like everyone has baggage. Everyone has things. I think what this person, when you say like, it, uh, like, does the fact that we're in quarantine and definitely allow us to talk about each other's childhood trauma. Like I, I don't, the, the, the idea of like shouldn't or rules yeah. or get that out of your head. I, I think when you have that on your mind, you're just blaming those things for you and another person not being the match. Yeah. And I've, it seems like you're looking for permission to talk about your childhood trauma with this person. And so for that reason, I'm going to say do it because yeah. it, it seems like you're looking to the universe to be like, because of the quarantine, does that mean I can finally tell her about this thing that's really important to me? And I would say, like, if if you don't feel like you can fully open up in a relationship until you tell that person that thing, then tell that person that thing. Understand that you might, she might pull back. Um, understand that she, it might be too much for her to handle. But also, like, if she's into you, she will. Um, she'll work on working on it with you. She'll Look, get also, there. It's a two way street. If you've told everyone you've ever fucking met about this childhood trauma, then maybe you're taught uh, you're trying to find psychologists in the world. Yeah. But if you don't reveal this information normally, and this is someone that you're like, man, I really want to open up to this person. That's a sign that yeah. you should. Something Why made not? you ask this question, and it's the yeah. you have something in you that's like, I want to tell her about this thing, and then you have this outside thing that you think exists it's like a barrier that says you can't do that but like you you the rules exist to be broken they're just there so that if everything goes wrong you can follow them but you if you're and feeling you can, an urge to tell her tell her and I'll, what i found with a lot of these rules is they're there to be blamed as another reason for something not working out and it's like right. that's not the reason you know so i've never walked up to my friends and then like how'd it go with rachel and i was like oh she told me her parents were divorced, and I was like, fuck that bitch. Like, <laughs> no, that's never yeah. happened. But I, I mean, Let's, if you guys are just talking about like the weather and sports, and all of a sudden you're like, by the way, when I was five, like, I wouldn't probably do it that way, still read the room. But like, if you guys are getting close to it and like having these deeper conversations, and you have this nagging thing in the back of your brain that's like, when do I tell her? Should I tell her? Like, just. When it comes up or when you want to tell her, tell her. Because, like, yes, that could be the thing that scares somebody away. But I'll mm. tell you, like, it could also be the thing that makes her know that she loves you. Like, that could be the thing that gets That's you guys a, to the next step of your relationship. That's how I knew I was in love. Totally. And, and, and the more on that is, like, the, the more vulnerable you are with someone, the more it sucks to get broken up with, but the better it gets. That's what pushes things along. Like, yeah. that's what gets you, oh, well, now I know these things. I feel closer to that person. Yeah. J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Let's do this one. Communication problems with my boyfriend. How to break up. Ooh, let's go. Jared feather feather. Love your podcast. Listening to your funny and helpful expertise has been brightening my days during the quarantine. I have been dating my boyfriend for eight months. Everything was going great until January. He struggles with communication, and when he gets depressed or upset after a fight, he often doesn't open, uh, respond, or reach out for a while. This has happened a few times now, and while we've discussed ways to meet in the middle because I like to resolve things quickly, he still has been struggling to open up and follow through with telling me when he will be ready to talk. We're in the same predicament now where, uh, where he is distancing himself. 
I don't well, know anymore if this is something I can work through with him or if it's time to let go. Since we've been dating for eight months, I'd prefer to end things in person if, I, if need to be, but I'm not even sure when he'll respond about meeting up. How would you go about trying to get him to make time to actually talk about things and if this relationship is working, especially when he is so distant and may not even respond? What do you think? Well, first thought is that this must be an old email and it's funny now because her being like, he's so distant and he's distancing himself and it's like, well, yeah. it's kind of what's recommended by the CDC. No, but, this came uh, four days ago. Really? Yeah. Does so she he's... not know? First thing we need to establish, does she not know <laughs> that people are quarantining and well, that there's a pandemic? Because she's like, <laughs> he leaves for long stretches of time. Well, it sounds like he's not answering her texts. Like yeah. he gets mad and then just doesn't, just disappears. And to me, that's not a relationship. That's not. Now, a, you're, you, I was just gonna say you haven't been dating for eight months. If he disappears for long stretches of time after arguments, yeah, it's not your point. Yeah, and and the thing is with with any relationship, it's two people at a negotiation table. Mm. It, you need both people to be sitting down negotiating. Yeah, he's not even negotiating. Like if he's not answering you, and you say, "Hey." What's going on? And he just lets it go on red for a day. Ugh. Then your that's boyfriend? Not a bo- that's that's not a boyfriend. boyfriend behavior. Yeah, if he leaves not- you on red for a day, yeah. that's unacceptable <laughs> boyfriend behavior. But like, it's funny because- How many times were- would you text if someone left you on red for a my- day? If my boyfriend left yeah. me on red? Um, well, I mean, knowing him, I would assume he, something's, he's doing something because he's a hypochondriac. So if I texted him and he didn't text me back, he, he has to be busy because if yeah. I did that to him, he'd be like, are you dead? Um, <laughs> and he wouldn't want to do that to me. But, uh, I've said probably three. I, there's no limit. The limit does not exist to the amount of texts I would send somebody if they're my boyfriend and have been missing for a couple days from my life and leaving me on red. Like you, I'm with you. You, oh, it's not a courtesy. You, you have yeah, to let me yeah, know yeah. where you are. But when you were first reading the email and you were like, I like the girl said she likes to resolve things right away. And he's more of like, he needs time and space. I was relating to him at first because that's me. And I've always been in relationships with people who are like, we had this fight. Let's keep going. And I'm like, I don't, the more you talk, the more I'm going to harbor this resentment and anger. I need to be away from you for a little bit. And then Mm -hmm. I'll come back calmed down because otherwise I'm going to scream. I'm just going to get tense. I need to go sit and figure out what it is that's upsetting me, what really is the problem and how we can solve it. I can't do that on the fly. I need a minute. But I would never leave the house and not come back for a day because that's toxic. And it's also abusive to like, it's abusive of your time, your feelings. He knows that you're sitting at home wondering where he is and he doesn't care. So I would say uh, her question was like, how do I get him to be in person with me knowing that he might, for a breakup, knowing that he might not even respond? I would say if he doesn't respond, you don't have to break up with him. You're already broken up. Yeah, this is over. I, if you I can't get this guy to show up to the breakup, then the breakup has yeah. happened and you don't date. And yeah, you have to call him. Leave right him on now. red for a couple days. Be toxic <laughs> about it. Whatever. I, well, I, I, I think um, when she says, here's one thing that a lot of women who write in do. And she writes, everything was going great. Yeah. Well, yeah. He struggles with communication. Guess what? We all he's not, do. He's not struggling. He's not. This isn't. This isn't his problem. He's not the like I. Listen, there are things that take me a while to get said. Like I, I remember there was one night. Um, my girlfriend and I had just moved in, and the whole night I was just in a bad mood, and 
and it just didn't come out and didn't say anything. And then the next morning I was like over it and I had discussed it with myself in my head and I go, Hey, sorry. I was a, I was a bad vibe last night. And she's like, yeah, I noticed. I just didn't want to like, you know, get on you about it. And it's like, yeah, I, I just have never, I think like no one is a good communicator right. until they're in a relationship. It is like, like you are sitting with the person and they're just waiting for an answer. Yeah. And it's like, and, and, and like, I see it now that we live together that like, yeah, you can disappear when you don't live together. You can go away and never talk about it. And then you have to wait like another like six days to hear about it. It's hard, hard for everyone to get their message across, especially if they don't know what it is themselves. This guy isn't living up to your standard. It's time to call him and be like, Hey, I'm not going to just be alone in this. I'm not going to sit alone and fight with myself. Let's just end it so that you don't have to worry about coming to me. Because it doesn't sound like he's got it. I feel like in relationship emails to you, when women write in and they say everything was going great, it just means like he has a job. He's not (laughs) physically abusive. uh, He doesn't have like any weird thing with his mom. And uh, he is actually single and makes a decent income. It's like everything wasn't going great. He just was better than the garbage before, but he's not, everything's not going great if every time you fight, he disappears for two days. Everything was going great usually means, uh, I'm getting older. I want to get married. She's done hooking up and she wants to know what this is. Yeah. If he's good enough, he'll he'll do. He's fine. You deserve better than that. Let's do one more email. You ready, Katie? This has been fantastic. Go follow Katie at Nady Colon. Go, go, go. The podcast sports with a question. This has been amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Is the sex clouding my judgment? Ooh. Here we go. Yes. My boyfriend and I have been together for a year and a half and are not quarantined together. We don't live together. I had an inkling pre-COVID this wasn't the right relationship for me for a handful of reasons. He's had a vasectomy and doesn't want more kids, but I might want to have a child. He lacks career motivation, has let uh, several key opportunities pass him by, and I have no idea why. When I asked, he just shuts down. He's not financially stable, and I don't feel like I can or would want to support him in a family long term. He's 42 and is not good at communicating and is very insecure. Look at another not communicator. Mm. Uh, The problem is the sex is the best I've ever had. Mm. Hands down the best. Totally mind-blowing. And I've been around the block, let's say. I love that. (laughs) (laughs) Totally mind-blowing. And I've seen my share of penis. It's a good dick, and I've sucked a lot of dicks. (laughs) I had a feeling a couple months back that maybe the sex was clouding my judgment, but every time I started to question the relationship, those thoughts would float away after a few orgasms. Oh, bragger. Seriously. (laughs) Holy shit. Share with the class. Yeah, the longer that we've been apart and obviously no sex, the more I'm thinking about all those red flags. I'm worried if I break it off during quarantine, I will regret it post-quarantine. Yeah, you're going to regret missing out on those orgasms. Uh, Maybe I'm not thinking clearly. But on the other hand, I can't shake some of the doubts. He's been very clingy during this time, and it's honestly been driving me away. Would I feel differently if he wasn't so clingy? Maybe post-COVID, those things will go back to normal. I do understand that no one's good side is shining 100% of the time now, and I'm trying to be understanding. I have to say something soon because I know he can sense I'm feeling off. Would love your take. Thanks, and stay well. What do you think, Katie? Um, there's a lot there. So mm-hmm. my first, my first thought is, how is he clingy when you're not quarantined together? Like, you just, you think she means like he texts a lot and he's checking in a, on lot, a lot, checking in a lot. Well, so worried he's she's okay. He's probably doing the thing where like, are you, you okay? okay? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do we know how old she is? 
Um, Because he's 42. She's got to be in her 40s. Just she's orgasming that much. That's their sexual prime. No. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, I don't know. I don't uh, know, but like, cause sa- it, cause she very, sounds young and hot. I was going to say, it's very different advice if he's 42 and she's 23 or if he's 42 and she's like 40. That's very different advice. Why uh, is that? Uh, because it, it's... Uh, because he... In my mind, she's 28... Uh, is wearing a pencil knit skirt. Okay, um, right. she she she's into women sometimes when she gets a little drunk. Oh. No, no, no. I- <laughs> the first thing that jumped out at me is that she was like, "Here are the things wrong with him. Number one, he has a vasectomy, and I might want kids." Yeah, might it's it's weird to list that so high when it's a maybe for you. You're not like he has a vasectomy, and I want children. You're like I might sure. someday want kids. He definitely can't have them. Um. The other thing, they've been dating for a year and a half. See, I I, I think to me, it's like um, you look at this email and she wrote something very specific. Um, would I feel differently? Well, oh. That That's not good. Uh, among the red flags, would I feel different if he wasn't so clingy? Maybe post-COVID things will go back to normal. Here's the thing. COVID, the quarantine, this pandemic, all of this, it's a thing. Mm. It's 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 a thing on the list of other things. This is we're all just going through stress at the same time. This is the same thing to me as if we all found out our girlfriends were pregnant at the same time. Yeah, this is we're going through a moment where we got to figure shit out. You know, some people went to their parents' house to quarantine. Some people shacked up with someone that they felt comfortable with. Some people got closer with their girlfriends and boyfriends. Some Some people people, had been dating somebody for like, I don't know, four months and that person moved into their apartment. You know, everyone's quarantining differently. But everyone's doing it differently. But this is, but that's the important, like, that's the important thing. We all just got struck with a jolt at the same time. We're all getting stress tested. Exactly. So what do you do when you get stressed? She's claiming that this is so like all the things she might want in life, maybe a kid, uh, job aspirations, getting a house. These are all just different versions of quarantine in a pandemic. And you're watching how he responds to stress and you're unattracted to it. To me, that's that's a great point. That's it's okay to look at that and go. Okay, this isn't going to be... And, and yeah. listen, no sex is going to fix the front yard. No sex is going to fix, you know, that you can't afford the mortgage. So, also, she listed in her email multiple problems she has with him. And I'm yes, like, what? Where is one- this? Like, there was, like, big problems, multiple big problems. Vasectomy, him having no career drive and, like, letting opportunities pass sure. him by. Him not communicating when she asks him specifically about why he wouldn't take that career opportunity. It seems like something that matters a lot to her. The only good thing she said about him is that it, is the sex. And, and I would and, say you don't yeah. it, sex is a huge part of a relationship. It's a, oftentimes treated like it's the dessert and you don't have to have it. You do. And you have to yeah. have a healthy sex life in your relationship. But like you, it can't, you don't have to marry the best sex of your life. Yeah. I, you I'm stories with you about the best sex of your life. Sure. You, don't you make it your you, husband. You imagine it while you're with the person yeah, you love. You help yeah, get I, through I, because <laughs> the best sex of your life is going to go on and continue having the best sex with a bunch of people. It's his yeah. job to go and share that with the world. Don't also, lock him down. Also, this isn't a puzzle piece. There's more than one 
best yeah. sex. Yeah. You can, the, the, you know, you don't, you, you're going to find good sex the elsewhere. Guy, the guy who took your virginity was the best sex you'd ever had until you had sex the second time. You know what I mean? Exactly. So, and I think what she'd done in the past is she'd have these problems. They don't have great sex. And that was like taking a roller coaster. Like, you know, it was like, wow, look at that roller coaster. You forgot that you had a whole day before that roller coaster that really fucking sucked. So I, I think this is the, your opportunity to end it. To let mm. them know this isn't the right thing for you. This isn't the match. You wish them best, but this isn't your match. And and the sex, you'll find good sex You'll again. find good sex. She sounds very independent. Or a good vibrator. And yeah. Or that. I mean, or honestly, that. if you don't have that now, use this time in quarantine <laughs> to research the right one for you and stock up on multiple. Try different models. You never know. Maybe one that plugs into the wall, one with multiple speeds. Who's to say? Find the one that's right yeah, for you. Yeah, this is it's time this to do guy. like the, your own blind taste test where yeah, you blind yourself. Man. You put three on the counter. You like Oof. reach at it. Yeah, this like is a, a fun. You've got time. You've got, you got time. nothing but time. Find yeah. out. That's what right. it is that guy was doing that made the sex so good and then in your next relationship that isn't toxic where you actually enjoy him as a person tell him what you like yeah and that will be good sex too call it the rob and put it in a big you know a, a big meme and and don't put his picture behind it katie nolan thank you so much thank you so for fantastic me. this was so great i'm so happy you came on thank you so much Everyone should go follow Katie uh, right now at Nady Colin. Go, go, go. Sports is the podcast. ESPN2 Thursday nights. Always late with Katie Nolan. Katie, thank you so much. This was fantastic. Jared, this was awesome. It was everything I ever dreamed of. And if you need an, a guest ever, I'm here. I'm sitting awesome. in my house. Awesome. Love it. Everyone, thank you so much for listening. We'll be back next episode. Boom.